I have a problem. I can't stop scrolling. I scroll endlessly on my phone through the infinite content streams of Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. But my new favorite app to scroll forever on is TikTok. It's a platform designed for scrolling through over and over and over again to see bite-sized pieces of content. Simple videos as short as six seconds and as long as 60 seconds. Most videos have catchy music in the background and people either lip-syncing to it or doing the latest viral dance. Since it launched in 2018, TikTok has exploded. Reports say the app's been downloaded more than 1.5 billion times worldwide, and with so many people on the app, any average kid can become a social media star with one hit video. But on TikTok, 15 minutes of fame is more like six seconds. And for many TikTok famous teens, the clock runs out quick. Today on the show, how TikTok can make you famous overnight, but can just as quickly take that fame away. This is Reset, and I'm Allegra Frank. If you're on TikTok as much as I'm on TikTok, you might recognize this voice. I'm happy for you. I'm smiling for you. I'd do anything for you, for you. It's always for you and never for me. This is Maya, more commonly known as MXM Tune. She's a 19-year-old musician originally from Northern California. In this video, she's sitting in front of a desk in front of what looks like a homemade studio in her bedroom, which is where she makes most of her music and a lot of her content on TikTok. She's one of my favorite creators on the platform, not only because of her music, which is really sweet, genuine pop, but also because of how weird and funny her TikToks are. I wasn't going to tell you, but I think I like someone. In fourth grade, I didn't do my homework for two months because I didn't think that it counted on your report card. Lime LaCroix tastes like dish soap, and if you drink it, you're disgusting. Maya doesn't just play her ukulele on her bed while singing her original songs. She does amazing dances to popular TikTok hits. She jokes about being biracial. She posts hashtag relatable content about being a teen, talking about crushes and prom and hair dye. I wanted to talk to Maya about how her 1.5 million TikTok followers helped launch her career. She's a new fresh face in the bedroom pop music scene. And when I called her on video chat to talk about her TikTok fame, she was, of course, in her bedroom. Yeah, my generation's attention span is really low. So we're, that's just exactly catered to us. Yeah. <laughs> When you were at your TikTok peak, how often were you posting? I think the most I would post would be three times a day uh, in a week, which is a lot of content to put out there. Like to do that consistently is far too much. But mm -hmm. I think that's just because I'm a teenager with a really short attention span and watching constantly all these different trends <laughs> that are happening on TikTok and wanting to like hit every single one just to see if I could do it too. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it ranges. I would say on average, I'd probably post about four to six videos a week on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. So it is kind of like a little YouTube channel in that way, but like much easier. Totally. It's all in-app. So it's not like I have to record raw video footage, edit it together, mm -hmm. and then put it up and process it and do all of the different steps that YouTube videos require. There's something that's so nice about the instantaneous effects of doing stuff on TikTok because it's just all there for you already and you barely need to lift yeah. a finger. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, like how long would it take you to actually post a TikTok? Oh my God, I could do it right now and be done in 30 seconds if I wanted to do the, the least work possible, yeah. Oh my God, yeah, <laughs> make this a TikTok. I want to be on your TikTok. <laughs> I'll put it in the draft section, yeah. <laughs> um, so as a fan of TikTok, right, like you got into TikTok because you were enjoying mm-hmm. other people's content. What to you speak, like defines a good TikTok video? What do you, when you go in and you're like, this is going to be a really good TikTok, what do you think of? What's the formula? Oh my gosh. I, I think that the videos, I've only had a few in my head where I've noticed that, you know, this would do well on the app. And I think it tends to be videos that are a combination of the different trends that are happening on the app at the moment. And doing something that hasn't been done before, obviously, is always the goal, trying to make fully original content, but then taking the things that everyone is aware of and finds funny at the moment and then crossing them into something that can combine all of those things together. Like, I think I have two videos that stick out to me in my mind as ones that I was like, yeah, these will do really well on the app. And there was one where I was doing a bunch of different TikTok dances and I put them over mm-hmm. Minecraft noises. And so the combination of those two in one video did really well. And that video, I think, is my most liked video on my entire account. I think it has like 650,000 likes, which is ridiculous. <laughs> and then there is another one that was a combination of a trend that happened like a few months before I actually posted this type of video. And it was an audio clip from Inside Out where it was like, do you ever wonder what's happening in someone's mind? And then they did the zoom in in the actual animated movie where you're looking at someone's emotions. But instead, Peppa Pig was a huge trend at the moment on TikTok. (laughs) So instead of doing something where it was like a really weird video of something people were kind of aware of, I just put in a clip of Peppa Pig and that was like really minimal work for me to do. Do you ever look at someone and wonder what is going on inside their head? Peppa, what are you doing inside my subconscious? And it did really mm-hmm. well as well. I think it was like 500,000 likes. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you can do the silliest, weirdest joke on TikTok and you don't really have to explain it. No. You know, like people just love how nonsensical mm-hmm. it is. But also it's become very intertwined with the story of your career, prom dress in particular. That was, I would say, maybe your first really breakout hit. That became really popular in other people's TikTok videos, as well as, you know, your own. You would also use it, too. So how has TikTok played into the rise of your career, you know, from the point where you were releasing your first single to releasing your first album? How did TikTok play into that? It played a huge part. I don't even know if I can understand the full grasp of how much of a piece it was in terms of that song's success in particular. And it has been a huge part of other songs that have gone viral in the app. Watching people interact naturally with songs, I think, even noticing it with other artists and artists that, you know, are also bedroom pop producers to have their songs suddenly be brought into the limelight and blown up into these huge records because there's so many different people that are able to share their music taste so instantaneously. With Prom Dress specifically, I mean, I... I don't know, there's like over a billion different videos that have that audio on it, which is insane to me. I can hardly imagine a number that is larger than seven. So a billion is really, <laughs> really big. But it, I think TikTok, it, it caters to something that is in the moment. My song turned into 
I can list five different trends off the top of my head where people slightly altered the audio into something that was, you know, for that moment in time. And now there's hundreds of thousands of videos under each of those different parts of the song. So I don't know. I mean, I just feel really lucky that I wrote a song that could turn into that for an app. And as someone who is so deeply invested in internet culture, it's also so cool as a user of it to be like, oh, wow, I made something that has a cultural stamp on, you know, this this time period of, of what was funny at a certain point. It's just wild because you never know what's going to happen until all of a sudden it's gone huge. Yeah. It- seems like it would be so weird to not even have your first album out and already your song is like a meme and a hit inside of an app. It was definitely interesting. I think there's a lot of pressure that I felt personally to try and deliver up on what people were experiencing with prom dress. And so that was just something that I had to deal with on my own. But it was also funny because it played into everything I did down the line, whether it be touring and doing the live show and having to adjust prom dress's actual live performance to what the memes were underneath it on TikTok. Because if I showed up and I didn't acknowledge it on stage, people would sing it anyways and say all the different audios that were involved with it um, on the app, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I wanted to ask. So now that, you know, you are a, you've always been a musician, but you're going on tour. We just, I was looking at your Twitter and you're going to Japan. Yeah. <laughs> so your career has really exploded. So you're you're not on TikTok quite as much. You said you post, you know, four to six times a week now mm-hmm. versus three times a day. Do you feel like your relationship to TikTok overall has changed or do you still go to it and you, you know, scroll through it the way you used to? I definitely scroll through it the way I used to. I think that I don't post as much now because even though I'm a very young person, I think with TikTok, because something is so instantaneous and everything cycles through so fast, even though I'm 19 and I should be at the forefront of what memes and viral stuff is, TikTok still makes me feel old. And that is saying a lot because I'm like, I should be right in the moment and understanding what's going on. But there's so many different trends that happen all the time. I think that I was able to keep up at a certain point and now I'm just kind of like, I'm just going to post whatever I want to. And I don't know if that's going to always fall in line with what's going to be popular on the app at that time. But yeah, I don't know. It's just like, it's a lot to keep up with and it requires, I think I look at other friends and stuff that are popular creators on the app and they have to be in tune with what's going on on the app all the time. And to be that involved and that aware is something that I'm not able to do with all the other aspects of what my job entails. I don't know. I think it's it's amazing, though, that there's been opportunities that are opened up to people who become popular creators on TikTok who didn't know what they were going to be doing or didn't know if there was an avenue for them to pursue their dreams or anything. And now there is one, which is really cool. Yeah. All right, Maya, thank you so much for chatting with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Online, Maya's a TikTok star, but she's one of the few TikTok teens whose offline music career got a boost from the app. Not all teens who hope to become celebrities find the same success. So what are the ways that TikTok can just as easily break an influencer as make them? That's after the break. 
Eurovision is here. This year's contest gets underway this week in Malmö, Sweden, but this year's contest comes with a dose of controversy. I'll give you one guess as to what people are mad about. Yes, correct. It's that. Organizers of the Eurovision Song Contest say they are assessing whether Israel's entry breaks the rules on political neutrality. I think it's a shame. I think there's no way that that Israel should be able to participate in Pro-Palestinian protesters are taking to the Swedish streets. More than a thousand Swedish artists, including Robin, have called for an Israel ban. Some European politicians are joining them. Charlie Harding from Switched On Pop joins us this week on Today Explained to help us figure out if Europe can sing its way out of this situation. Rebecca Jennings is a reporter whose Twitter bio reads that she covers internet culture at Vox with a minor in TikTok. She's been following the rise of TikTok and how teens are finding fame on the app. TikTok more so than any other social media platform that's ever existed has this ability to take someone with literally two followers and turn them into an international star within a matter of like days, weeks. Yeah. You don't get these filter bubbles in the same way that you do in your social circle like you do on Facebook or Instagram. TikTok takes trending content from anywhere and shoves it in your face, no right. matter who you are, where you're based. We've never seen this type of immediate catapulting of teens to these hugely known celebrity names. And... There are a lot of reasons for that. We do not know how the TikTok algorithm works. It is changing all the time. Yeah. Videos are so short. You can just scroll endlessly through yeah. the main For You page. It's so easy to just fall for anyone yeah. just based on seeing one video of theirs. Yeah. I mean, you can develop huge crushes on yeah. people in like one second. When you become a big name on TikTok, what does that mean for you? What does that look like? Are you starting to make money off of that? Yeah. So most kids that I talk to that have become really TikTok famous, it usually starts with a single viral video. They get tens of thousands of followers, which really in the context of TikTok is not that much. I mean, big on TikTok is much different from being big on Instagram or Twitter or YouTube. YouTube subscribers are really, really hard to get. You do that by consistency, posting, like spending so much time editing your videos and shooting them, and you have to know so much about video production. On TikTok, you don't have to do any of that. You can film yourself for five seconds and yeah. become a video star. But, I mean, for those who do want it, um, it becomes almost a job. And until recently, it really wasn't a job until Brands started coming in and spending a lot, a lot of money on sponsored content and ad campaigns on TikTok. TikTok didn't really used to have ads a year ago, and now it's yeah. everywhere. You know, you go on TikTok, and I don't think you think about that aspect of it, the ads that they're selling you, because yeah. it's so quick, yeah. because the videos are so short. Um, so it, it is interesting that that can now be a really big perk for influencers on the platform. Oh, yeah. I mean, in terms of numbers, I mean, no one ever wants to talk about numbers and influencers sign contracts where they can't. But I mean, I've talked to people that have about four million TikTok followers who, I mean, the general public, you do not know who they are, but they yeah. have millions of followers on TikTok. Um, they make about between five and 10K per post. Wow. People with one million make about 2K per post. 
I mean, the biggest, absolute biggest TikTok influencers who have about 40 million followers, they're making, they, they can make up to like 200,000 per post. Wow. So there's a big range. Most obviously are getting paid in the hundreds if they have under a million followers. Well, it's funny because it always starts out with the shady brands. You yeah. always like I talked to all these teens who are like, yeah, I keep getting these emails from this this contacts brand or this jewelry brand yeah. like from ran, like some random place. And they usually tell their parents and their parents are like, don't do that. I mean, the, that's another thing. I mean, the parents have no idea what they're doing because they're like, suddenly my child is an influencer and it's mm-hmm. like a business. Yeah. Um, and then from there, they usually get reached out to by managers who some of whom are, you know, out for just a quick buck. Some of them want to build their brands and want to make them famous. You know, it's a minefield for these kids. It's quickly becoming this platform with huge consequences. Right. It sounds like a really previously untapped market because it didn't exist before. So, of course, there are challenges with that. So people are starting to push back a little bit. Mm -hmm. They're starting to get a little bit burned out by the platform. And what are the key reasons you're seeing for that from your reporting? As quick as you can get really famous on TikTok you can just as quickly go away. You know, if you're getting a, if you're getting tens of thousands of followers really, really quickly on this platform, you you have a whole different conception of who you are and and what you can do and what you should make your life look like. And I think that a lot of the burnout is not coming from negativity on the platform, which like of course there's that, but I think it's mostly from like you get all this attention, then it goes away. Are there any creators that you spoke to who had really significant experiences? with that on the app of hitting this huge peak, you know, becoming the TikTok kid in high school and then seeing that peter out? Yeah. A couple months ago, I went to Alabama to profile this girl called Haley Sharp. She goes by Yodeling Haley on TikTok. Uh, she had about 100,000 TikTok followers back then, which is kind of nothing in the in the scheme of <laughs> Not things. Not a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know, she had been recognized in public. She was sort of like the TikTok famous kid at school, but that was sort of it. Um, and she had this friend, Sam, who they met on TikTok. They, he, he lived across the country out in L.A. And back then, they they both had around the same amount of followers, and they were both doing this kind of content that was just very weird. And it was funny, but, like, there wasn't always a joke. And it was very, <laughs> you know, couched in several layers of irony. If you weren't super online, you were like, why is this funny? My videos are like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. There's this one viral TikTok that Sam made where it's just him looking at the camera and there's a song in the background and there's a big stack of Perrier (laughs) seltzer cans. And he's like, yo, we got a Perrier on a Perrier on a Perrier on a Perrier on a Perrier. (laughs) And it doesn't sound funny when I say it, but it's so funny when he does it. And that's the joy of him. They were just two very genuinely funny kids who were just making weird stuff on the internet. So I wrote about that. And then a couple months after that, Haley, uh, who is actually a trained dancer, she has been dancing her whole life, she created this dance um, to this Doja Cat song that got really, really big. This was about at the time where TikTok started to be known more for its dancing challenges and and the memes. And it became this machine to create these it girls who are just teenagers dancing to these songs. And that's also around the t- same time that 
money really like brand money started really coming into TikTok. Um, a lot of people were getting sponsored content deals. And so Haley went from about 100,000 followers to now she has over a million in the matter of a couple of months. Wow. Yeah. Meanwhile, Sam, who, you know, is not a dancer, <laughs> he, yeah. he around that time, that's when he stopped using TikTok. He was like, I don't think this is for me anymore. He said that, you know, once the attention kind of stopped, once the following stopped, he, you know, it really affected his mental health. He wasn't doing very well in school. He felt a lot of anxiety talking to his TikTok friends, so he doesn't really talk to them anymore. He said he had to go to therapy, and he just was having a really hard time, like, fixating on what am I doing wrong? Why is this, why am I not, you know, having the follower growth that I was having before? He, you know, had seen the way that Viners and YouTubers had translated their success on those platforms to these really cool careers. And he was like, you know, I want to be like Bo Burnham. I want to be a comedian. Like, this is so exciting. And he was always very funny and he always knew that he wanted to work in entertainment. Um, And then I met him when I was in L.A. about two weeks ago. And it was a very different conversation. He seemed really down and he was like, yeah, now I want to work in marketing. I think I was just I think I was just high on TikTok when I said that I I don't want to do this anymore. So, right. Because yeah. he didn't make that same pivot that people like Haley did right at that time when, you know, that was the flashpoint of people were turning TikTok into this dance meme machine. Yeah. And Sam is from sort of the old guard, the original, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just here to be weird and funny. Yeah. Yeah. And there is obviously that still exists on TikTok that will like as long as TikTok is around, people will use it to make like weirdo videos. But I think the narrative that we hear so much on TikTok is Who's the it girl of the moment, you know? And I think that cycle can be pretty harmful to kids. So what else is really at stake for people like Sam on this platform? Obviously, we're seeing some mental health repercussions. Are there any other safety concerns? I think the other problem for users rather than creators is how addictive it can be. And I don't want to be alarmist at all. But I mean, from someone who has spent easily seven hours on TikTok on on one Sunday afternoon, (laughs) um, it is quite, quite addictive. And I think it's good that um, TikTok is addressing that and they're very open about that. And I think they're taking it seriously. And I th- I think for the most part, I I don't think TikTok is providing or is creating this huge mental health crisis among teenagers at all. I think it can be a really, really fun way to bond with your friends at a sleepover or your family. I mean, you see over holiday breaks, you see like these families trying these viral memes and it's fairly heartwarming, honestly. Yeah. When you get a large amount of attention and you're very young and then it kind of goes away. I, I do worry about what what's happening to these kids. Has TikTok responded to any of the creator issues? Obviously, you know, it isn't this mental health crisis, but has it instituted any safeguards for creators themselves who might be chasing after this huge influencer status and working with sponsors and brands? I mean, I don't think so. I think TikTok does take mental health in general very seriously. But I think that I think this problem that we're talking about is a lot more existential than, you know, it, it takes child safety seriously and it takes privacy seriously. I don't know how seriously it's possible for a company like this to take. Maybe influencers are kind of not a great role model for kids. You know, that's not what TikTok is. TikTok is creating these influencers and it wants to be known as a creator-friendly platform. Right. But I think the question of should we all want to be influencers? Are we all influencers? What is that doing to us? That's a that's a question that no company is going to answer. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. obviously TikTok is rapidly rising, but do you at all foresee 
TikTok sort of crashing and burning if we continue to see influencers have this sort of flash in the pan kind of trajectories and as the sort of phenomenons change on TikTok with dancing being the big meme now. Do you think that anyone will ever get really tired of TikTok anytime soon? I think um, certain people certainly are. I mean, we saw the first Why I'm Leaving TikTok essay published a few weeks ago in the Cornell University newspaper, uh, which I thought was really funny. And but but no, I mean, I'm kind of a TikTok optimist. I think TikTok's going to be around for a really long time. I think it's really smart about the way that it's growing. And I think that it's avoiding the mistakes that Vine made, which shut down because it never really offered creators a way to monetize their followings. And TikTok is extremely doing the opposite. Um, As much as it can make it a less fun place for kids like Sam or maybe even people like me who don't really care that much about the dance challenges, (laughs) it's not really relevant to me. Um, I think that that will help its longevity. And I think it's going to be another Facebook or Instagram. I really do. Uh, It's it's so fun. It sure is. Rebecca Jennings from Vox, Culture Reporter. Thank you so much for talking to us. Thanks, Allegra. Thanks, Reset. (laughs) We reached out to TikTok for comment. A spokesperson pointed to wellness resources on TikTok's website and said, quote, TikTok was built to provide a positive place for creativity, and we prioritize the safety and well-being of our users. This is Reset, and I'm Allegra Frank. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at LegsFrank. You can also reach the Reset team by emailing reset at vox.com. We publish episodes three times a week on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. So if you haven't already, subscribe to the pod. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or in your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. We'll be back on Tuesday, and as Ariel says, later, nerds. <laughs>